53 years ago, nine people set up camp in the Ural Mountains in Russia. It had become known as the Dyatlov Pass incident. Are you scared? No. We're recreating a trip in which nine people died. Yeah, what, like 50 years ago? Time to go. It's a test, you know? Man against the elements. Guys, say hi for Mivdel! Look at this! What is it? The GPS is all screwed up. We should just leave. By the time we get packed up and get moving, we're going to be hiking in the dark. So let's check this place out. subterranean caves, a creature of superhuman evil was entombed in a wall of ice, waiting to be free, waiting to live again. Travel with us on a journey into a world where nightmare becomes reality. Travel with us, if you dare, on the Horror Express. while I'm talking or shut up for five seconds. I'm not sure which. Hello, listeners. Welcome back to Chewing the Scenery Horror Movie Podcast. You wondered where we went, huh? We, we took a week off. It was it was pretty busy. We had stuff going on. No excuses except that right there. Birthdays. Yeah, you know. Birthdays, medical emergencies. Yeah, a few things that, you know, we, we don't want to bore you with. Uh, we do want to say this is... A movie about... This is a movie about podcasts. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's what this is. That's the truth. This is a podcast about horror movies. We talk about them. We will spoil some of the movies we talk about. Uh, we'll banter a bit about uh, what we watched since last time, and that can go on 20 minutes, so brace yourself. 
Um, if you're going to be a little cupcake about it, you, this might bum you out. <laughs> You've probably never heard a horror podcast before. Yeah. It's all about what we've watched. Pretty much, yeah. Uh, so uh, we're not professional critics. We're just uh, three friends at the bottom of a garden talking about horror movies. That's right. Oh, I'm sorry. Three friends in a shed at the bottom of the garden talking about <laughs> horror movies. Um, thank you to the Moonrays for giving us that song, Intro Creature Features. We play that at the top of the show because it makes us sound legit. And then the owl comes crashing down as soon as I start talking. <laughs> so we are your hosts. I'm Richard. I'm here with Will. Hello. And Jolian. Hello. And uh, let's uh, kick it off by talking about what we've watched since last time. Uh, Will, do you have your list with you or in your head? Sure. I'm going to draw a werewolf. I'm make it up. I'm going to draw uh, a cartoon werewolf while you're talking about what you watched since we did this last. I watched the first two episodes of the new season of the Hulu original Shut Eye with uh, our favorite actor Jeffrey Jerkface Donovan. <laughs> <laughs> I really like Jeffrey Donovan too. I feel awful calling him that, but No, he's awesome. I'm sure he doesn't care. He'll no, be he's one of our many listeners. He's uh he's drying his tears with $100 bills. <laughs> um Shut Eye. What's that about? Yeah, Shut Eye is about a uh, Jeffrey Donovan who is a uh, uh, fake psychic operating in LA, and he is affiliated with a Romani gang. Oh wow! Who runs a bunch of uh, palm readers and tarot card reader shops in LA. Um, due to circumstances. He's uh, uh, given psychic visions. Uh, a fake psychic is given, you know, real psychic powers. Um, it's pretty good. His uh, everybody in the show's despicable. So <laughs> it's your favorite kind of show, isn't it? It's my favorite kind of show. Also, I've been watching my favorite show which a new season has come out on Hulu, Vanderpump Rules. <laughs> um, the people are all despicable. Again, my favorite thing. What season is it on? I think it's on season five. I don't know how many episodes they do. Uh, 20, 25. Feels like 25 seasons, right? No episodes oh. per season. Oh, it's okay. probably not even that many. It's probably 15, maybe. I don't know. Yeah. They seem long. But, uh, yeah. Good good stuff. Good non-horror stuff for our oh, listeners it's to pretty, contemplate. It's pretty horrifying. Yeah. But there's five seasons of these idiots out there <laughs> doing idiot things. Now, do they know they're idiots? That's the beauty that's the only reason I watch. Uh, oh no, thank you. I had one. Um, Christmas cookie. Yes, please. Excellent, by the way. Tell Emily. Have, have Did Emily make them? Two each. Uh, I've had one, and I've had a soda. Okay. And I'm having a beer. I think. You've had enough sugar. I've had enough sugar and whatnot right now. <laughs> that that um, old Burl Ives song, "Cookies and Beer." Cookies right? and beer. Yeah. Is that a Burl Ives song? Should be. I thought that was a George Jones song. 
Well, I was going to say it was a Tom Waits song. <laughs> oh, maybe. Yeah. That sounds more like it. He just had a birthday. Was Happy it? birthday, Tom. Yep, yesterday. Okay. He's almost 70. Mm. His songs make a lot more sense than the president's speeches, right? Um, his voice gets more melodic and more tender sounding every year. <laughs> Less <laughs> gravelly. <laughs> a little higher. Mm-hmm. <laughs> It's more pea gravelly than gravelly. Yeah. <laughs> he uses more trash receptacles as instruments than the year before. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what if I used a dumpster? <laughs> um, I think I must be the only person on the planet who doesn't like Tom Waits. <laughs> you, you might be. Of people who've heard of him. Yeah. A lot of people haven't. A lot of people haven't heard of him, but... Yeah, I, I think he's great, personally, but... I understand anyone who doesn't. I really do. Anyway, uh, the beauty of Vanderpump Rules is that they're almost self-aware. Ooh. <laughs> they're almost there. I mean, a lot of it has to do with the, the great cutting. It's it's just like The Office, but real people working in restaurants who all want to have dreams or had dreams at this point of being actors or models or something in a creative field in Hollywood. But all they do is drink too much and work at a restaurant. <laughs> and they're all almost self-aware, but no, they just miss it. So it's like real life. Uh-huh. I like that. I yeah. might watch that. I don't know. I, I think... It's a very particular taste. I'm not proud of it myself. <laughs> What's Jerkface's show called again? Shut Eye. Shut That's Eye. on Hulu. That not, has two seasons. And Not that I won't hear that when I'm editing the episode <clears throat> and be able to write it down then, but I'm going to write mm-hmm. it down now. Uh, it's really good. I mean, it's uh, a little too complex to explain other than he's a he's now having psychic visions. And he's all wrapped up. He has one of his clients who he's uh, uh, does readings for is some other gangster. So he's wrapped up in that guy's nonsense and just oh yeah, it's it's a perfect pulpy <clears throat> crime story. Yeah. So, uh, but uh, what else have I watched? I think that's about it. No noir. No noir. Um, um, what did we watch? I think that's it. I haven't watched much else other than the terrible, terrible Devil's Pass. I, I think, actually, you're saying it wrong. It's the Devil's Pass. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I should have given it a pass. Julian, what have you watched? Well, um... Getting into the theme, I, I watched uh, Attack of the Lederhosen Zombies. Nice. From, uh, I think it premiered in 2016 and uh, uh. generally this year. Did it do anything for you at all? Uh, it, was, it was amusing, you know. It, yeah. uh, it's, it's very nicely shot, you know, very crisp photography. And, you know, it's particularly at the start where they're, they're doing, like, a, they're introducing the snowboarder characters. It just looks like one of those snowboard videos, you know, just... Right, high def stunts and you know, beautiful landscape 
in shot in like the uh, higher Austria. Um, director is Dominic Hartle, and it and it's over in eighty minutes. So there you go. So that's all right. Um, Good for them. Uh, so that this one, yeah, I think the yeah the uh, DP was Shasu uh, Han, and the um, but so you've got snowboarders versus zombies, and you've got like a uh, instead of like Nazi zombies, you've got a Nazi versus zombies. Oh, good! <laughs> this woman straps on a stormtrooper helmet and <laughs> picks up a <laughs> submachine gun and off she goes. Did, did that remind you of that footage of Elvis with the uh, Nazi hat? Mm-mm. You ever seen that? No. Oh. No. But, uh, it's really unfunny. I know, I know comedies don't <laughs> often translate well, but like Dead Snow is pretty funny. Yeah. But this one is just so. There's something about like the the way it's composed and timed. It's always in exactly the wrong place for it for the joke oh. to work. <laughs> but it's got lots of gore in it, and you know it looks nice and it's quite amusing. Um, it's got it's got some uh, polka mm-hmm. for all you polka fans. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, you watch Hidden Figures, which is the one about the uh, the women who did the mathematics for the uh, Mercury shot. Yes, in the sixties. Yeah. That's a entertaining. Saw that too. It's good uh, movie with uh, my hero Janelle Monae in it. She's excellent. Um, uh, watch The Dark Tower from this year. How did Whoa. you like it? Have you seen it? There's only people who love it and people who hate it. So did you love it or hate I didn't it? Hate it. It's just <laughs> dull. I'm I'm not a fan of the books did you read those i couldn't get into them yeah i read the first three because i like the because the the early editions had those illustrations in which i liked mm-hmm. but uh it's just like he was just cannibalizing his own stories and and then yeah like, <clears throat> this character is obviously snake Pliskin, and we'll have a bit of that from that movie in there you know it's just yeah it's just so lazy i couldn't understand why it's so popular but um because it's like Fanfic. It's like yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Stephen yeah, like King's fanfic. fanfic of himself. Yeah, no. I read the first one and thought it was kind of interesting, and then I think I probably like you stopped about book two or three mm-hmm. just because yeah, I felt the same thing. It's like this is crap. But <laughs> I never touched him. No, uh, I I should have known. I should have stopped at Tommy Knockers. I couldn't finish. Yeah, I read that one, and I should have stopped there. Yeah. It was the first book I well, actually I think I finished it and I was just really disappointed and I liked Stephen mm-hmm. King. Yeah. And then I turned thirteen. <laughs> yeah, I got to Yeah, the things that put me off were the Dark Tower and uh the Dark Half. There's just it was just this scene where someone takes like almost two pages to open a door and I was like, Come on. Where oh, man is there an editor on this? No, apparently not. Eye of the Dragon, which is just terrible. Yeah, I didn't know he was like having little bad addiction problems at the time. But... Wasn't that the one that he co-wrote with Peter Straub? No, that one was pretty good. The Talisman. Oh, Talisman. That's yeah, one. yeah. I enjoyed that one. Yeah. Anyway, um, so this has got like the Pennywise. You know, there's like references yeah. to other King things in it, like The Shining. Uh, but this is just. It has like a, it's one of those fantasy franchise setups where they have like a introduction at the start, where it's telling you in a world where blah blah, oh. blah which is completely unnecessary because it you know it just fills you in as it goes along anyway. Yeah. 
and uh, you know this is a pretty short film but it was boring Mm. Um, it's got the usual orange and blue and grabby green photography Mm -hmm. you know Mm -hmm. Um, I read reviews of it and it was like critics professional critics not us right uh, complaining that it was confusing Uh, how how is this confusing Hmm. and this has literally got like exposition dialogue almost all the dialogue is exposition it's got uh, like um, people instructing each other there's flashbacks there's visions uh, there's illustrations there's literally diagrams of what's going on wow like, how is this confusing you're being told what's going on all the time anyway uh, not keen on that <laughs> um I watched uh, an anime film called Your Name, which is like the second biggest moneymaker ever from Japan. Really? Uh, this is like the this is the new movie from Makoto Shinkai, who does those really gorgeous looking anime, like Children Who Chase Lost Voices. And, oh, okay. Um, but this is just, uh, just a beautiful, beautiful looking movie. Um, uh, the the only things I didn't like about it were the, these really sappy pop songs, <laughs> and uh, and the characters. He still has like pretty generic characters. Like uh, you watch the Studio Ghibli movies and you really fall in love with the characters. Yeah, his movies they're kind of generic, kind of high school age kids. And, um, but anyway, it's just a beautiful, beautiful. It, it, it's quite moving film it there's like this weird setup to it and uh about halfway through it takes this twist and you think oh this is going really macabre <laughs> <laughs> and uh but uh, yeah i don't want to give it away it's, it's just really gorgeous check it out your name from 2016 all right uh, it's out on blu-ray here now um and then the uh, last thing we watched uh was mifune the last samurai which is a documentary from last year directed by steve nokazaki it's on netflix uh yeah yeah uh it's narrated by keanu reeves it's is out on DVD. It's not out on Blu-ray yet. Oh, okay. Uh, but uh, check it out because it's got some good stuff in there. Um, there's like some Super 8 footage from Yojimbo. Oh wow! In color. Um, That's crazy. But you know, it's got lots of cool stuff, and it. it's got uh, bits of footage from like uh, it goes it goes goes through the history of um, like you know, very brief history, but early days of Chambara movies from the silent, you know, the very first Japanese movies. And goes up to when Mufuni comes in the, onto the scene, and and then and then skips to all his samurai movies it, with Kurosawa and Inagaki. Does it talk about his personal life as well? A bit, and it kind of glosses over why he split up with Kurosawa. Oh, okay. Which is weird because because one of the guys who wrote it, Stuart Galbraith, he wrote this massive book called uh, The Emperor and the Wolf, which really goes into a lot of detail about why they split up. Uh, hmm. I'd recommend checking that out because the documentary you just have people saying oh, I don't really know what happened, <laughs> right? And then it gets you know goes on with the next part. But um, uh, yeah, it is definitely well, well well worth watching. All right, that's that. Cool. Well, I had a pretty busy couple of weeks, um, so I didn't get to watch a lot of movies. You got the pre Christmas rush, right? Yeah, yeah. Dealing with them um, wholesale and retail stuff, so. That being said, um, I did manage to watch three movies and a little bit of television, but I'll just talk about the movies. Um, 
the Sven Gulli pr- presentation of Abbott and Costello meet Frankenstein. Yeah. Um, because I haven't watched the movie in a while. And I'm thinking, well, you know, I really kind of want to watch, because I've, I've watched Boris Karloff Frankenstein movies recently, and Boris Karloff as the mummy, not to be confused with... Uh... Fuck Mummy 2017. <laughs> right. Um, so I kind of wanted to see what is Glenn Strange doing as... Fuck fa- Mummy meets Abbott and Costello. <laughs> <laughs> Tom Cruise is like, here's what I think should happen. <laughs> How much better a movie would that be? <laughs> oh, much better. man. So uh, I really enjoyed this one because it's really just a movie that they made for kids back then. Yeah. And they just made it serious enough to where adults didn't feel like, you know, I'm watching a kid thing. And uh, it it was fun. You know, Evan Costello wouldn't be considered funny really by today's standards as much. Yeah. The fun, the horror ones aren't funny, but some of the non-horror ones, they, they have some hysterical Oh yeah, so there's good physical comedy. There's there's good plays on words. Right. As long as you don't have to listen to that damn "Who's on First thing again, or anybody parodying that. Mm. Oh, that's worse than anything. The, if, which one is it? It's one where they like uh, they have a double act on um, on some kind of gambling uh, boat, I think. Hmm. But they do the whole thing, the whole whole routine. Oh, in that one, and and uh, yeah, it's brilliant. Yeah, and they you know in their time, of course, they were you know, uh, considered comic geniuses, which is great. That's fine. You know, not everything is meant for today's uh, standards. Fucking losers. Why couldn't they get it together and have shit made for today's standards? (laughs) Right. (laughs) How come you couldn't be like several decades ahead of your time? Yeah. So I really did enjoy that one. And of course, um, we're not funny now. Right. If you if you're like wait. That. But in 2126, we're hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're talking about Shy, but that reminded me of um, Time of Their Lives, which is Avon uh, Costello, like uh, where one of them's killed in the Civil War and he comes back out of the well. Oh, yeah. But they have like a seance in that and they, they think it's going to be fake, but the actual ghost turns up and it's, yeah. it's a good scene. Oh, that sounds good. Yeah. I don't think I've ever seen that one. Anywho, um, I did watch, uh, I don't know if it's Innkeepers or The Innkeepers. Um, I've yeah. had several people say, no, it's uh, it's pretty good, or um, it's it's really good, or it's not what you think. But no one said, oh, this sucks, avoid it. You know, and it's it surprised me that it wasn't a little more somber. I don't know uh, a good one to compare it to, not as something as dark as The Conjuring, but I was expecting something a little more dark, a little more moody. And you meet the characters right away, and they're just sort of, it's really lighthearted. They're they're immature. They're, Mm -hmm. you know, they're really uh, hesitant to do the tasks that they're required to do, but they're also ghost hunters. Mm -hmm. So I I don't know... uh, what the writers were thinking when they kind of fit that together, but it kind of works. It's mm-hmm. like, oh, well, they've got this job they've got to do, but they're also kind of ghost hunting. And it's a nice situation for them because the, the job they're doing is a haunted hotel that's about to close. And I, I had fun watching this one because um, there's just too much of the same jump scares and the same setups. And it took a long time before they used anything. Like I was really expecting the young girl when she took the uh, garbage out to the dumpster, I was expecting a damn cat to come launching out of the mm-hmm. dumpster. 
And when that didn't happen, I was actually pretty overjoyed. <laughs> <laughs> well, I like the way she she was funny with it. When, you know, she had a different way of doing it every time. Oh, yeah. She had like five different ways of trying to <laughs> fling the heavy garbage up into the dumpster. Oh, I saw that. Did you? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> the, gar- the garbage the scene. The garbage scene was memorable. I don't remember the, <laughs> the rest of the film. <laughs> the whole rest of the movie. <laughs> But, uh, I don't remember the title or any of the rest of it, but I remember that bit. How about the dead guy in the bathtub? Uh, there's been too many movies with dead people in bathtubs <laughs> to remember them all. But if they had a good dumpster scene, man. But I remember her throwing the trash away. <laughs> good scene. Best trash throwing scene I'd yeah. seen. Com- uh, comedy gold. I would watch that. You know, I would recommend people check it out. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that was an okay one. I remember who's in that again. Do you know? I don't know any other names. I didn't. I didn't write it down either. Um, and then Jolien, you mentioned Personal Shopper. Mm-hmm. Oh, I need to watch that. I saw that uh, pop up as uh, you know one of the movies that I've already paid for, or one of the pay channels or whatever. So I watched it, and I really enjoyed yeah. the mood of the whole thing. Um, uh, Kristen Stewart uh, does a good job as this character who's a personal shopper to a rich and famous woman in Paris and a lot of odd things start happening. And she is, um, the surviving, uh, one of two twins. Her brother has died from a congenital heart defect of some sort. And I think she's getting checked out for it and doesn't have the same problem or it shouldn't necessarily kill her. So maybe there's some survivor guilt. I don't know if that's implied or not, but you get to kind of watch her on her adventures of going and picking up these, you know, designer uh pieces of clothing and jewelry uh you know taking the the bullet train back and forth between paris and london and all this interesting stuff and weird things happen to her where it seems ghosty and then weird things that could be ghosty or stalkery start happening with her cell phone and i'm thinking oh man is this the rest of the movie just her and her damn phone Mm -hmm. and it goes on for a while but it's not excruciating it gets to the point where you really kind of uh, you know, want to know if there's going to be some resolution or not. And so they do, you know, get your curiosity with it, uh, you know, well before aggravating you to death with it. And and then, uh, again, I don't want to spoil this movie because it's not one of the subjects of what we're talking about with The Wintry Three. But uh, I do highly recommend that one because the mood of it and the look of it is just, it's great. And uh, it's good to see her uh, acting more so than just sulking around in those stupid Twilight movies. Oh, yeah. You know, I, I was starting to think this woman has no range. Mm-hmm. And then she played Joan Jett in The Runaways, mm-hmm. did a really good job, but then Joan Jett in those days maybe was a little bit surly and sulky. <laughs> so it's like you didn't get to see her really uh, you know, find her way around like what she's capable of. And this movie does that. She's, yeah, she's she, great. She is. And uh, I thought oh, the cell phone sequence is like... Uh, it, because she's she's having this breakdown between reality and you know fiction and past and death and, right and it's like you you realize when she's using the the cell phone so much that she can't tell who's on the other end if they're dead or in, in her mind right are you and real you just don't know and that's that's the situation you know it feels very now you know Exactly. She she asks, are you real? And I'm wondering, is she asking herself that? Mm-hmm. You know, because you, you want to know, is this in her head? Is this a spirit? Is this a stalker? You yeah. don't know. And 
Um, and that's not a spoiler on any level. It's, um, it's like uh, uh, my birthday last weekend, and I got this like birthday congratulations from someone on Facebook who I know is dead. Oh, oh. Did they did they set it up maybe to like auto? That's what I assume. Auto send. <laughs> wow, that's crazy. There have been a few things we've talked about in this show that I thought, man, I don't write stories, but some of the shit we've talked about has has kind of sparked ideas for like, I want to tell these things to a writer and have have the writer just kind of run with the idea mm-hmm. if they've run out of their own. Writers ideas. love that. Oh, they love being given ideas on what to write about. Like people, like, like people telling me like what would be a cool T-shirt. Uh huh. Yeah. Yeah. Writers love. Maybe you guys could exchange ideas. But all we talk you about, could talk he, about stories yeah. he could write, and he or she could give you T-shirt ideas. But all we talk about on this show is stories, right? Oh yeah, that's all horror movies are. Yeah, stories. And so when it you, makes them great. And when you think of one that is like, I don't think this has been done. Oh, yeah. That's exciting. Mm-hmm. And I want someone who's capable to hear the idea at least. But, you know, they don't want to hear it. Well, then I don't want to tell them. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to bother anybody to waste their time. Uh, that's all I've watched since last time. Um, do either one of you want to sort of summarize what is The Wintry Three for any new listeners who don't know why? We watch three wintry movies. <laughs> God damn, that's concise, <laughs> Will. <laughs> Three wintry horror movies? Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. then it's all like British, the way it's all wintry. Wintry. Wintry instead of wintry. So we, we know like... Uh, no, wintry. A lot, a lot of people can recommend movies with like Christmas and the title or... Oh, yeah, there's Silent a Night, plenty of deadly whatever. Christmas horror movies. So, so we want to like... We want to, yeah. They can't be overly. They can't be. They can't have a Santa Claus. I think there should be snow. There should be snow. It should be winter, basically. Right. Isolation. Isolation. I say that's usually pretty good. Yeah, and uh, horror, terror, monster. Yeah. Some element that's trying to kill you, other than the, uh, other than the weather. Yeah. So not only are you trying to survive the weather, but you've also got. Some monster, some su- supernatural force, or some killer, or maybe like have you ever watched The Gray? Mm-hmm. Like, oh yeah, I mean that's a force of nature. Oh, with the man. wolf, yeah. I was thinking Alien. <laughs> I, I've not, I've not seen it, but I, uh, when I was up at the, um, when I was a guest at Fort Collins Comic Fest, and I was staying over at uh, Todd's house, and uh, get him to talk about The Gray. Because he'll, he'll do this like half hour routine where he goes through all the logic issues in that. <laughs> it's, it's just hysterical. Oh, man. I don't want to watch it now. Uh, well, I never was keen on watching it because, you know, it's just like making out wolves are evil. But Yeah. Whereas they're ambivalent at best. Yeah. <laughs> like nature doesn't care if yeah, you live or die. Evil. No, they want to eat. Really? You, but much. they want to eat. I mean, cats are, but <laughs> well, not yeah. all of nature. Well, my cat's evil. We, I don't know. We, we just want to hang out and eat mice, leave us alone. Yeah. 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 Um, but yeah, yeah, getting to talk about the greatest. All right. Funny, funny stuff. <laughs> so, uh, The Wintry Three. Um, so, Jolien, you last watched. Last year we watched The Shining. And was that last year or the year before? Or maybe the year before. I don't think we did it last year. But the last time we did this, yeah. we watched The Shining and what else? 30 Days of Night. 30 mm-hmm. Days of Night. Yeah. And Dead Snow. Oh, that's right. right. Dead Snow. Yeah. 
So they all had isolation and snow and monsters. Yeah. Or the supernatural. Yeah. And there is something really scary about being isolated in the weather. Um, yeah. Have you ever had one of those road trips where, like, uh, you're driving through a snowstorm and you're not really sure if the road trip's going to go well because of that? Yeah. Jolene, have you ever experienced that one? Uh, not a road trip, but when I was in uh, Wakanai and you have those blizzards, blizzards uh-huh. that, that like, go upwards, they're just yeah. so harsh. Oh, yeah. And uh, there, was, there was one night I was uh, I'd coming back from some isolated school and I came to town. It's pretty late. There was no one around and you, you couldn't see more than five yards. And uh, I thought, if I get lost now, because uh, the last temperature I'd seen when I was in, indoors was minus 56. Oh, damn. I could, uh, I could feel the vitreous humor in my eyeballs starting to, I, I don't know if it was illusion, but <laughs> crystallized. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it felt like my eyes were getting harder. Oh, man. I thought, man, I could die out here if I, if I, if the direction I'm going in is the wrong one, I'm dead. Right. Walking to the corner store can be life or death. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, not cool. And that's that's uh, what part of Japan? Far north, the, the farthest, the farthest north, north point yeah. in Japan. Yeah. Okay, and and uh, the the upward blowing snow. What's their word for that? Fubuki. And that means snow up your butt. <laughs> right. Yeah. Up in your face because it comes. Oh, okay. Because the next thing north of you is Siberia. Oh. Yeah. Wow. And then uh, so the, the 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 weather comes from that directly across the Sea of China. And then up the cliff and into your face. Damn. Not cool. Yeah. Well, super cool. You get the temperatures and the ghosts of exiled Russians. Yes. Mm -hmm. See, there's another story idea. (laughs) Screenwriters, that's who needs ideas. Screenwriters need ideas. Evidenced by the, you know, tons of shitty movies out there. That we've watched. (laughs) Some of which we've watched. Um. So who wants to kick it off? Who wants to talk about... Uh, I, I watched The Devil's Pass. Pass. <laughs> wow. I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> I saw this thing like... You didn't see it twice? You talked about it. Briefly. No. Yeah. Yeah. In fact, I should have watched uh, Blood Rage again. <laughs> Blood Rage is quickly becoming one of my favorite films. Not just my favorite horror films. One of my favorite films. <laughs> You know, I forgot to mention when we talked about it that that dude, uh, the the slasher guy, he he walks like he's he's trying to uh, imitate a panther or something. Watch ne- next time you watch it. I can see that he has this panther like uh, stride, especially in the swimming pool scenes. Yeah. Okay, so should we just talk about Blood Rage instead of Devil's sure. Pass? Blood Rage. <laughs> you, you probably got it down by memory now. I've yeah, got it let's down. See. So let's see. It opens with no. here. Let's. I'll read. Had a drive-in in 1974. I have a super, a super short summary of the movie here. Blood uh, Rage. No, Devil's Pass. 2013. A group of five students go to the location of the infamous this is a found footage movie. Oh yeah, that's bear, oh, that bears boy, mentioning. Oh boy. How do we pronounce the name of that pass? Devil's Dyatlov. Dyatlov. Dyatlov Pass. Anyone who speaks Russian is laughing at us right now. Mm-hmm. Um, Dyatlov. Yeah, I guess so. Anyway, Dyatlov. this this pass in it's is it in Russia? Where is yes, it? Yes, okay. it's in Russia. I would assume. Uh, in the Urinal Mountains. The Urinal Mountains. They is, it, wanted, is this a Russian film? 
No, it's got... Uh, actually, it is a Russian film directed by Remy Harlan. <laughs> oh, boy. Um, yeah, oh, he's slumming it bad. It's terrible. It looks like a... F- well... I would have guessed that it was an er, that it was like a first or second film, not oh, not no. some director with a name who That's at what, times I, I thought I was watching Razorback right. and thinking, "Wow, this guy's good." That yes, was, that was amazing. Yeah, and then I've been disappointed ever since. Razorback, I don't know. Um, yeah, I can't name something else that was good, but he has been disappointing. And this one, it's just it's low budget and it's just crap um five students decide to go explore this uh urban legend true crime story of these nine russian hikers who went well they didn't go missing they turned up dead in the mountains mysteriously uh, mysteriously one of them was uh had suffered lots of radiation one of them was missing their tongue. They all ran out in the middle of the night, it looked like, and froze to death. Hmm. Um, but there was no avalanche or anything. They tore out of their tents. Um, so The KGB got to them is what happened. Yeah, the movie decides that these five students from Ohio or somewhere. I don't remember where they uh, let's California. See. Who knows? Some damn place. <clears throat> um, sounds all right so far. Yeah, it's got a good setup. They go to see what what happened and talk to people, and they show up, and it's kind of it's very isolated and very weird. And, um, they go out to the pass and they talk about it, and none of the characters have any real personality. One of the characters has to have a tattoo so you can identify her later on in the movie. Pieces of her? Uh, no, just. <laughs> Sort of, I mean. It's been a while since I've seen this. Um, yeah, once it started playing, I was like, oh, Richard talked about this film. He watched this, and I don't think he liked it. <laughs> um, We've talked about too damn many movies. It's hard to keep track. It really is. Uh, yeah. Um, and Gene picked this out because it was when it was definitely wintry. Hey, the cover art tells you everything you they, need to know. Yeah, it looks like it takes place in the snow. They're in a mountain pass in winter. Yep. Uh, I don't know why these experienced hikers went hiking in the winter, but whatever. I'm not Russian. Right. But um, Or from Ohio or wherever they're from. Yeah. So they go out to the woods and some weird stuff happens and you don't really know what's going on. And then the movie decides to serve up instead of no answer or one answer they tell you that all the answers are possible basically and it was the russian military working with the time tunnel that they find under this mountain yeah it's a cave of some sort it's not even worth going into it's so (laughs) dumb well these students are there to make a documentary about Mm -hmm. these mysterious occurrences in the past and they uncover basically some X-Files type crap. Yeah, it's basically an X-Files episode stretched out. Without Scully or Mulder 90 in it. minutes. And it doesn't even have Doggett in it. No, no, it doesn't even have... The, or Skinner. Yeah. Or oh, the that lone... would be a great agent uh, special... Skinner's Pass. Yeah, whatever. 
<laughs> whatever his title was there. Yeah, special director or something. Yeah, yeah, director Skinner. Skinner, spinoff movie. Yeah, that's about the level this thing was at. It had some time or some uh, teleporting Morlocks in a cave. Yeah, um, they looked super realistic, didn't they? Oh man! <laughs> some the first one they show, I think they show in night vision, maybe. Yep. yep. And I could not tell you what the fuck I was looking at <laughs> other than it was computer generated. Right. It looked like it was maybe the screen was having technical problems and I wasn't getting all the information. And you're just like, give me a like a guy in a rubber suit. Oh, any day. Yeah. In the dark with a flashlight, it would yeah. be scarier than this green screen yeah. thing that's twisting around give me some of the the contortionists from uh 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 train to busan oh yeah you know when they turned when they died and turned into zombies that was good this tried to do the same thing but just computer generated and it it didn't work at all it didn't look real at all and and then they put it night vision so They've got the art of, you know, the little artifacts and whatnot going on. And so that even that amplifies the feeling that you're watching a cut screen from a video game or something. <laughs> yeah, you know, like, this isn't convincing me at all. I was really surprised when Rennie Harlan's name popped up at the end. It was just like, really? Oh my God. So is there any hope to turn this thing into a drinking game or anything? <laughs> no, that's the other thing. It's not... You can't even have fun with it. It's not really fun or anything. It really feels like a, <laughs> either a sci-fi channel movie with a bigger budget or an X-Files episode, really. I think yeah. you nailed it with an X-Files because yeah. it's, you know, ooh, it's the Russian military, you know. It could have been Bigfoot. At first they think it's Yeti and then they think it's... I don't know, aliens. I think one of them thinks it's aliens. And it's all found footage, and it's too clever by half. And yeah. <laughs> it's, just, it's a terrible film. I've seen this, uh, I think it's Rennie Harlan. I think it's called uh, Tales of the Mummy. Hmm. Was, that was depressingly bad. Mm. And it, the worst thing was uh, Tony Curtis, wasn't it? Oh, jeez. Oh, this is the nadir. Oh, man. That's awful. <laughs> yeah, it was less entertaining than the Tom Cruise one. Mm. Put it that way. Rennie Harlan's Fuck Mommy, the Tony Randall edition. Oh, my God. <laughs> so what do you do with a movie like this? Just try to forget you it, You just right? forget it, because he won't remember it. And you, If you ask me about this next year, I'll be like, well, I don't know. Devil's Pass, I don't remember. And then you're like, yeah, it sounds all she right. I throws think I'll give the it a look. trash away five times. And I'll be like, oh, I remember that scene. That was good. But the rest of it. Or that other one you talked about, uh, We Are Still Here. Yeah. We Are Always Here. We've yeah. Always Been Here. Yeah. We're going to continue being here. That's a, that's a movie I started watching again, like less than a year later. And it's like, and you're oh, like, oh, because you brought it up and I've seen it come up on my Netflix and I'll be like, yeah. 
it says I've watched this, but I don't remember this. Mm-hmm. So you start watching it. Yeah, I've seen this. And you talked about it. Same thing. So, yeah. So, yeah, uh, hopefully The Devil's Pass is quickly forgotten because it was quite bad. Yeah, there's part of an idea there, but it just doesn't end up. Yeah, it was like The X-Files meets The Blair Witch. Yeah. But not with any sort of story, substance, decent special effects. Yeah. The special effects, I think, were what were the saddest. Because they clearly went to Russia. I mean, yeah, that's what I made made me think that it was a uh, not maybe a first film, but something early in somebody's career, director's career. And you know, Troll Hunter starts out the same way, and it goes awesome places. Mm-hmm. And their yes. and their CG is kept at enough of a distance to where it doesn't bother you. Yes. Everything that Troll Hunter was and got right, this movie isn't. <laughs> this movie is a, is just how Troll Hunter could have crashed and burned. So it's Troll Hunter is the do and this one's the don't. Mm-hmm. Yes. In fact, because Troll Hunter has night vision scenes, doesn't it? It does. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and it works in that, even though, you know, it's obviously CG. But it works because you're wrapped up in the story by right. that point that right. you're like... I'm willing to, you know, suspend disbelief that there's a troll killing a guy or fighting a guy in a metal costume, you know. Yeah, and you just like the people say. And you're just like and... these people. I want the, you know, I feel real suspense. Whereas Devil's Pass, these people, you don't care about them or know anything about them, you know. And one of them has a tattoo of angel wings that they have to mention because at the end of the film, they find her body through some time travel nonsense um in the past and she's now a zombie i don't know <laughs> it didn't make she's any a, she's sense a zombie Jane Austen. but they had to you know turn the camera and focus on the angel wings on her neck okay. so you could oh my god that's so and so if i couldn't put that together even though she had been wearing the same outfit and the camera had followed her and being found footage my favorite is at the end of the movie, there are the the two remaining characters are trapped in a time tunnel where there's a a time tunnel. They're like, <laughs> can we jump through the time tunnel? Because out spiral. Basically, yeah. Excellent. Excellent. It's this like kind it. of sparkly web nice, nice bit in of the sky. Music. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and there's Morlocks outside the door threatening to get in. So they're like, well, let's jump through the time tunnel. So they jump through and they die. And the camera's laying there and a helpful Soviet soldier, they've jumped back to the past, picks up the camera and then carries it about for the next 15 minutes so he can film the epilogue. Mm. Um, uh. It makes no sense for him to carry the camera around or not be. He kind of mm. looks at it a little bit. But then he just carries it, and he's like, damn, he's doing the best job filming this. He's framing everything perfectly. It's it's just, the whole movie's just crap. Utter crap. (laughs) I recommend it. Watch it twice. Yeah. Ah, there we go. So, Jolene, you want to go next? Sure. Horror Express. Horror Express. 1972. Uh, Yep, love this movie. I, I don't know how many times I've seen it. It's great. Yeah. It's got the one-two punch of Christopher Lee and Peter Cushing. Right. 
Man. It just powers it on. Yeah. It just keeps coming at you. You got horror. You got a speeding train. You got winter. You got... The... Yeah, it's like, here's Christopher Lee. Oh, and here's Peter Cushing. And later yeah. on, you get like, Telly Savalas. And... Yeah, what else do you want? Yeah, you got, Oh, that's like, right. Uh, Telly Savalas is in there. Uh, you know, if, if you're a Euro exploitation fan, you've got Victor Israel is in it from pretty early as a, as a baggage handler. Uh, you've got Helga Linné. You've got... Um, uh, Alberto de Mendoza. Yeah, I mean, a bunch of familiar faces in this. Now, I don't know this director, Eugenio Martin, mm-hmm. also known as Gene Martin. Yeah. Um, are you familiar with the rest of his work? I've is... seen uh, A Candle for the Devil. Okay. Uh, which is like the year after. But yeah, there's a, I mean, he, he's, I mean, like most like uh, European, like especially Spanish and Italian directors they they do westerns and giallo and yeah you know whatever's popular at the time so right you got to be able to sorts of movies switch up your game but he, apparently his his english was good enough that american producers linked up with him and then he did this, this these three movies so one of them being horror express right which could be sold around the world and uh, and apparently this this movie didn't do that well in spain but it did you know, big numbers elsewhere. Now, this is not the first Frozen Monster movie cause, because uh-huh. the thing from another world was... Right, and this is very much... Uh, yeah, if you've seen The Thing, it's quite a familiar <laughs> plot outline. Is there anything before The Thing that we could say was a Frozen Monster movie? Uh, well, you had the uh, the Frankenstein monster getting oh, yeah. frozen. Is that Ghost of? Yeah, and it gets thawed out and... To yeah. fight the Wolfman. Yeah, I want to say it's the yeah. Ghost of Frankenstein, or is it the Frank Frankenstein meets Wolfman? I forget. Ghost of Frankenstein's Wolfman. <laughs> That's the one. It's quite the mashup. It's a fan uh-huh. fan edit. Um, now, in between the Thing and Horror Express, there were some Scooby Doo episodes where they would get a caveman frozen in a block of ice. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Other than that, I can't think of any. Well, this, uh, yeah, it, it did turn up in stories. It was definitely in pulp. I was going to say there were a, a lot of old stories that you know. Yeah. Some traveling carnival has a ice man who thawed mm-hmm. out and killed people. That's a great idea. Yeah, yeah. I've, I've definitely heard it on like Lights Out or, or something like mm-hmm. that. Some, yeah, some I can't remember shows. when. I know I've read some old pulpy things that had mm-hmm. that plot where I think one of the the old uh, Superman cartoons had. Oh, I think you did. Uh, no, but it was a lizard, wasn't it? That thawed okay, out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that's the same sort of idea. Right. Is yeah, they had they found a block of ice with a big quote dinosaur. Yes, it's, it's very fletchering. <laughs> Fletcherous. Fletcherous, yeah, yeah. Yes, yeah, yeah. so the basic setup here is that, like, uh, Christopher Lee is a Doctor Saxton, and yeah. he's, he's a from uh, Manchuria, and he's he's led to this cave where there's this frozen hominid in there who looks excellent. Yeah, uh, it, you know, he's obviously been warped a bit by being frozen, and yeah, it's it's really nicely lit. Uh, he looks great. So anyway, he packs him up in a crate and has him stuck on the Trans Siberian Express. And his colleague slash rival is very interested in it, especially when weird things happen at the station. And uh, so he 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 wants to check out what's inside the box, and then of course things go 
Horribly right. Horribly right <laughs> for the audience. Yes, it's everything you want yeah. on, a, oh, yeah. on a moving train. Yeah. Yeah, we've, we've seen... Other... There were no further incidents. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Not much of a film. Yeah, they, they have... ride around. They have mm-hmm. some tea. Yeah. yeah, they have some small talk. Russians like tea. Someone and takes a nap. The the English like tea, so yeah, you know, you it works know. out. Yeah, they have a successful exhibition when they get back to London. <laughs> yeah, uh, all, all everything went smashing really. Yeah. <laughs> so have you both seen this recently? Uh, uh, it's uh, been a long time since I've seen it. About I a year need to ago. watch it again. It's on. Uh, I believe it's on Netflix or. Shutter. It's yeah, on one probably of on them. Shutter. Yeah. yeah. It, it came out on Blu-ray, but I, the reviews of it hadn't been enthusiastic you know, about the quality of the, oh, the transfer. So I, I'll just stick to, with the DVD until another edition comes out. Nice. It's bound to end up on a good Blu-ray eventually. Yeah, hopefully. Yeah. I would it's, hope. It's pretty popular cult. Um, yeah. Yeah. If there's no rights issues for any part of it, then it, it'll just be a matter of it coming up in the rotation of what needs to be. Uh, release next. Blu ray. Blu ray. <laughs> they stick it in the Blu ray machine. They stick it in the Blu ray machine. <clears throat> so the so the killing in this is interesting. Um, mm-hmm. So the monster controls your mind with its glowing red eyes. Yeah, mm-hmm. it kind of it, trances you. Yeah, it, like its eyes glow and it boils your brain and it sucks out all your, your mind. Yeah. It, it literally wipes your mind. Smooth. <laughs> like they like cut open a victim's head, and they, they find uh, the the brain inside is as smooth as a baby's bottom. Yeah, yeah. All the grooves are gone. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's great. It just keeps coming at you with these wacky ideas. You're like like uh, most successful fantasies, you have like one weird thing, and then it proceeds from there. Yeah, logically, this one just keeps. Throwing I love at movies you. that keep piling on the, yeah. the concepts there. Yeah, if like they, oh, does the eyeball retain the last thing, whoever, you know, whatever they saw? Well, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> totally. Of course. We'll open up this eye and then you know, look into the vitreous humor and there's a image of the earth from before, long before man. Yeah. Yes. Before the dawn of time, we came. We've got to watch Highlander at some point for some reason, right? <laughs> yeah, you've got this priest who looks like Rasputin. He, you know, he looks like he's modeled on Rasputin, but he's really lame. <laughs> and, uh, and and he's, uh, you know, he, he, um, he he's really interesting and he's a good actor. Uh, he, he, he He's not having a good time and he's powerless until the, the, he hooks up with a monster and he realizes that... Uh, yeah, there's there are forces of evil out there, so I, I'm going to side with this because you know, yeah, this confirms my beliefs in one way, <laughs> not yeah. in a good way, but uh, yeah. Th- then he becomes like then he then he's like this powerful figure. So uh, if the train were to stop and everybody get out, it would probably be what an hour before everyone died from exposure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so. You don't have isolation in the sense that they've gone somewhere, but you have it in the sense that they had better keep moving and yeah. better stay inside the vehicle they're in, otherwise yeah, they die. There. Yeah, yeah. So that that element is there in a completely different way from most of the wintry movies we talk about. Um, but I think that's cool. You know, that's a really good way of, of using the elements as an enemy uh, or adversarial force in the movie so you're inside with a killing thing that 
you know, uh, boils your brain and smooths it out. Right. And, and this takes place in like the early 1900s. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's pre-Russian Revolution. Right. So you know that the country's kind of breaking up and it's, I mean, apart from the, the weather, it's really dangerous outside. Right. Like everything's dangerous. Yeah. You, there's nowhere to go that's safe. Nope. Yeah. That's the kind of movie you want. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and, and it's got a whole bunch of characters in it. But you know everything you need to know about all of them, mm-hmm. and you know who they, they all are when they turn up, and they've all got different motivations, and yeah, yeah, it's just interesting clashes going on. And uh, you know, it's, you know, it's a it's a ridiculous screenplay, but it's a model. Oh, of it's a fun good thriller. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I love that line where uh, they, you know that. That once they figured out this evil force is jumping from body to body, yeah. So it's like the thing, or the hidden, <laughs> yeah. And then, then, of course, then of course, like uh, uh, you know, Saxton and and Doctor Wells come in the cabin and they're wondering who's a monster and who's not. Yeah, it is uh, monsters. We're British, you know. <laughs> <laughs> oh God, that's a good one though. It's 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 definitely one of those that you just have to. It's a little obscure for, you know, most people these days, but it's one of those that you just have to seek it out and watch it. Yeah. It's, it should be part it's of got everything in it. Yeah. Zombies. Yeah. Yeah. It's got trains, frozen monsters, trains, Englishmen, you know. Yeah. What more do you need? Cossacks, aliens. Yep. Yeah, it's all over the place. You have some other good ones here, like yeah, so Gremlins. I, yeah, let's talk about some of you. You've I, uh, I pulled all the uh, like the non Killer Santa Christmas Carol. There's no snowman. There's no whatever, gingerbread man. There's so uh, there's like a set of um, like Bigfoot sort of movies, and this has got the snow creature on it, which is like a fifties Yeti movie. Okay. And uh, Snow Beast, which is a seventies TV movie. Okay. It uh, sounds familiar for some. I think I've yeah. seen for some Snow terrible Beast. reason. <laughs> oh no, it is it's entertaining stuff. Okay. I'm 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 big into American TV horror movies in the seventies, so <laughs> yeah, uh, no. I'm pretty happy with it. Um Killdozer. Yeah. <laughs> Have you seen Killdozer? Yeah, I and mean, that was based on a, a excellent Theodore Sturgeon story. We talked so about that, good, didn't we? Yeah. I know we did. I've never seen Killdozer. I think when we talked about The Car, that yeah. was like our second or third uh, episode. Right. Snow Beast, 1977, with Bo Svensson, Yvette Mimieu, Clint Walker, Robert Logan, Sylvia Sidney. A ski resort in the Colorado Rockies has its annual winter carnival spoiled by a series of skiers being killed by an unknown animal. The local sheriff, Clint Walker believes that the culprit is a legendary creature, a yeti or Bigfoot. The owner of the ski resort says there is no such being. And she's played by Yvette Mimieu. Either way, the creature is worse than the Grinch as it continues its attacks. Is it doing it because it hates skiers? Or maybe it feels about ski resort carnivals the way the Grinch felt about Christmas. Written by Joseph Stefano of Outer Limits. Oh, okay. And Psycho. Yes. Fame. Yes. So, Yeah. Wow! Fun stuff, and uh, my brother was terrified by it. So oh, there's another plus. Yeah, there's a, he he hated um, faces at the window that spooked him. Oh uh, yeah, so uh, he'd be really afraid. Yeah, Salem's Lot would just ruin him. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, um, Bo Svensson, you mentioned, was mm-hmm. one of the actors. That's the the guy who played the sheriff with the big stick in Walking Tall. Yep, uh, Sheriff Buford Pusser, Pusser, yeah. however he pronounced it. Uh, so have you seen that one? 
what walking no, tall snow snow. <laughs> snow beast it sounds snow familiar beast or snow creature i want to see it yeah oh, there you go um and then of course uh let the right one in and let me in let me in yes the eye creatures wonderful yeah um is, it, uh, is that the the eye creatures that that terrible one what? from the early six mid 60s i think so black and white they don't even have full suits for some of the actors <laughs> they have slacks <laughs> oh yep that's it oh good there you go enjoy oh man so you know uh let me in let the right one in yes and probably everyone's heard of those great yeah we did the original yes, versus Larry remake on that Buchanan. one uh wendigo i don't know when larry fessenden um I mean, how often has a Wendigo been on screen um, in a movie? As far as I know, that's the first, yeah. and maybe only. Uh, so it is, it's different. Uh, first I heard of it was in Pet Cemetery. It, uh, Stephen King mentions... Uh, the Wendigo? Yeah, the Wendigo. Yeah. Something out there. I, I remember it from some old Weird Tales stories. Okay. And... Yeah, and you ate human flesh, you became the Wendigo, right? Right. So, uh, yeah, I'm checking out. It's, it's quite a good, uh, unusual movie. Either wow. of you wants to watch that. The you Abominable uh, Snowman. The Abominable Snowman, yeah. A Hammer movie from 58. I'll watch that. Uh, Forrest Tucker, Peter Cushing. Uh, screenplay, Nigel Neal. Quatermass mm. oh, fame. okay. Uh, really good music by Humphrey Sell. Um it is interesting. It's based. It's in like Quiet Mass. It's based on this like TV series, mm-hmm. uh, which I've never seen. I don't know if it still exists. Um, but uh, there's there's interesting ideas they don't really follow through on. But you know some really cool scenes. And it, it's like there's a lot more to it than just people go up a mountain and find a yeti. Yeah. Mm. Um, you know, it's an interesting concepts as you'd expect from Nigel Neal. Uh, Gremlins. Gremlins, that's a great one. Awesome. The Crawling Eye. Crawling Eye, that's a.k.a. Nice the Trollenberg one. Terror. So they're up in the Alps. Yep. Uh, in the... Tro- Trollenberg, and there's weird things going on. Mm-hmm. And there's some quite atmospheric things. Yeah. I remember seeing the stills from this when I was a kid, long before I saw the movie. Yes. And it's basically this giant eyeball at a doorway. Uh huh. This tentacle coming through the doorway. Like, oh, what? yeah. I yeah. remember that. Yeah. What is this? It, yeah, it's kind of Lovecraftian in a way, but um, and you know, there's decapitations in it. It's like, uh-huh. oh yeah, un- very unusual for its time. Um, so uh, yeah, I like yeah, that I one. I like that one. Uh, ghost story, not a ghost story. No, uh, this one's or the ghost story. <laughs> Fred Astaire, Melvin Douglas, Douglas Fairbanks Jr., Johnny Houseman, or Ghost Dad story, <laughs> and uh, and of course Alice Krieg. That one was a real sleeper. Uh, Patricia Neal's in it as well. Uh, really nice looking, glossy, based on the Peter Straub novel. But that was super popular. Uh, I, I quite enjoy this one. It's not a, not a great movie. Yeah. Uh, and then... Um, the Fearless Vampire Fearless Killers. Fearless Vampire Killers. Oh, wow. Sharon Tate. Yeah. Yep. Polanski. Uh, I, I haven't seen this for a long time. I don't remember finding it funny, but it's got those great scenes in it like the, the scene with the ball and the mirrors I don't know that one they're, they're all dancing in this ballroom and and it's yeah. mirrors around the hall and uh, 
that's when the fellow realizes he's the only actual living guy in the oh yeah in the room. oh my god it's been yeah i, I just rem- remember being lit unfunny and it's got all this kind of stupid slapstick humor like tobogganing on coffins and things like that yeah but uh you know it's nice looking and of course it's got yeah cool people in the cast and it's got those couple of good scenes in it god it's probably been 30 years since i've seen (laughs) fearless vampire killers maybe i'll check it out again yeah yeah let us know it's its 50th anniversary you're right Man, time does fly, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. What so, did you see? I watched Cold Prey, 2006. Uh, you had mentioned this. Mm-hmm. Um, this is Cold Prey live in Japan. Yes. <laughs> see, I'm not editing that out. <laughs> so, Cold Prey. Uh, now, Jolien, you mentioned this. Mm-hmm. And, and like so many movies that we talk about, I remember that you watched it. Uh-huh. Uh, I don't remember and what, cool. and I don't remember what you thought of it. Okay. So I watched it. Um, you know, pretty much blank slate, uh, open mind about the whole thing. I enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. Now, if there were one thing I could say they could have done differently, is maybe some of the young actors could be directed a little differently or replaced with people who could play act. A, play a little more straight or act. Um, they they did. A fine job for, uh, you know, a slasher where you, you're kind of hamming it up a little bit. But if, if everybody was a little more dramatic and played it a little more straight, mm-hmm. um, this would be more effective. But that being said, uh, the movie does what it sets out to do, which is to uh, take these characters, give them a circumstance under which they need to stop doing what they're doing, go someplace for shelter become isolated the elements are not their friend and um basically they've gone snowboarding in a a little area that's sort of what i think snowboarders call backcountry and it's you know not with the ski lifts and it's not with ski patrol and uh, there's no one there watching out to save you you're just off on your own uh one of the snowboarders uh breaks his leg and it's a compound fracture if it I'm, always is in movies. Yeah. Ever since Deliverance. Um, I don't understand why they have to show us a bone sticking out of the skin because that makes it kind of like, oh, that dude's just going to die. You know, I, I start thinking like, uh, what skill level do you have to be able be at to set that, you know? A like, three. Yeah. <laughs> a skill level of a three out of three, basically. But uh, they, they do get the kid kind of stabilized. Uh uh, thanks, you know, thanks to some uh, medical knowledge of some sort on, on behalf of one of the other snowboarders. Hey, I've watched every episode of ER in the morning. <laughs> right. <laughs> I know how to set a bone. Uh, they end up finding this abandoned uh, hotel, resort, whatever you want to call it. The Overlook. Let's call Where it the, the Overlook. Where the keepers are? <laughs> yes. Does this have a garbage scene in it? Uh, a memorable uh, trash-throwing scene? No, not exactly. No. no. Uh, it ties into Thanos. Oh. <laughs> but, uh, but you do get uh, a room 237. I'm sure you picked that out. <laughs> One of the room plates, the door plates. Oh, no, I didn't. Oh, okay. So you, so you see a, a, a grubby place on a wall where a fire axe was removed. Uh, uh, and you could see the outline of a fire axe. And then at some point in time, you see see uh, the room 
Mark 237, which is, of course, from The Shining. So, you know, and I, I, I suppose those are homages and they're not meant to be like, oh, we're going to rip off this thing. Well, clearly, they're, you know, they're they're referencing a a much better movie in their movie. But, uh, but that's not quite the crime of showing a better movie. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. Referencing a better movie. You can get away with that. Right. But Sometimes. Like, but like Night of the Wild kind of kind of nods to Suspiria by the color choice, you know, the yeah. lighting. Um, or so they say. So they say, but if they showed Suspiria on a TV in the background, it would be like, oh, no, I just want to no. watch Suspiria. Yeah, I, watch Suspiria. I, I just turn that thing off. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Just, yeah. It, it, we'll do it with a glove so you don't get any poop on your hand. <laughs> so... <laughs> Night of the Wild is a real stinker. Uh, it's almost funny enough to to just watch it again. I almost want to watch it again. Because those dogs are having a great time. They really were. They were having... It's so hard to get dogs to act mean. I don't know when I noticed that in a movie, that that dog's not... It might be snarling and everything, but its tail's wagging. And it's just yeah. having the best time. Or people are running like in Lost Boys when they have the dog chained to the fence and yeah. they get him and they're all running to the house. You can just I, tell I like it when that have dog's like... had the best time. When they have the sound effects of snarling and savagery and then they then they actually show a shot of the dog and it's like, oh boy, oh boy. Yeah. The yeah. dog is, that's all Call of the Wild is, is just shots of happy dogs. Night of the Wild. Night of the Wild. Let's not misdirect anybody <laughs> to an actual good movie. Um, so... They uh, get into this abandoned uh, 1970s era ski resort kind mm-hmm. of building. Uh, they break in to be able to get in this building. And uh, lo and behold, there's a backup generator in the basement of the joint and some kid knows how to fix it. And for some reason, the gas... Same kid who could fix a leg. No, different kid. Uh, uh, so so they're diverse able... Diverse branch. Yeah. Well, you know, there's they, they've all got different These skills. millennials all have skills. But... Uh, uh, Eirik, I think the kid's name is basically Eric. Uh, he find he finds that uh, you know I, I can fix a generator. What do you know? And uh, this That's gas, my superpower. This gas hasn't turned to gel or shellac by now for some weird reason, and it works. So they've got the lights on, and you know it's they're cold enough. Yeah, they, they question mark. They've got some pills that uh, and some booze. There's plenty of booze there for some weird reason. Um, but they they give some pills and some booze to the kid with the broken leg, so now he's flying high, feeling good. Everyone else is just sort of trying to settle in. Now he's kind of the outsider of the group in the sense that he's not paired off with one of the girls, but they kind of hit you over the head with the fact that he's got a crush on one of them. Um, I didn't mention the very opening. There's like that the opening scene where you see this young boy with a birthmark over his eye. Mm. Uh, I think they call it Chekhov's birthmark because that's going to come back. Yes. Um, unless you're a total idiot, you who's know. Who's never seen a movie before. Who, who's never seen a movie before, you know that you're going to see that birthmark on somebody later in the movie. And uh, this is a spoiler, but you <sighs> do. A kid that's older. And maybe the bad guy? Maybe not. Anyway, uh, someone's picking them off one by one. Uh, these These people who are paired off or, you know individually off on their own for a moment. Uh, so you end up with uh, a, basically a axe murderer slasher kind of situation in a, a hotel uh, in an isolated area with 
wintry weather outside. Um, some of the elements of The Shining in the sense that there's a there's an axe involved. Um, but it's not like The Shining. It's not just someone who, <laughs> who's part of the group that's lost their mind. It's an outsider who's lost their mind, who's killing them. Uh, have I said too much? Is this, is this cool? Maybe. <laughs> when does the cult play come in? Oh, yeah. Uh, well, does Chris Martin ever pop up? Yes, actually. Uh, about halfway through the movie. All right. He comes to save them because one of them has the shinning. Yeah, the shinning. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, the kid has, uh, I think it is his shin that's got the compound oh. fracture. They should just call it the shinning. The shinning. Yeah. Yes. Yes. With Chris Martin is Scatman Carruthers. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, uh, I could pick this apart and bitch about it, but I'm not going to because... I think it, it it's actually pretty it is, solid. It's funny. It's like I think it's on a par with like the Final Terror, like one of those nicely shot, yeah, mid range slashes. Yeah, it looks good. If uh, if you could ratchet the acting up a couple notches, this would be something that, well, uh, you could put on for the family at Christmas. Yes. Yeah, I totally would. The kill was a pretty brutal in it. it yeah. Made, yeah, it's kind of a nice situation establishes all the weapons are pretty real yeah uh, i would rather read subtitles than listen to overdubs but mm. sometimes you don't get that choice uh that being said um hey maybe maybe the acting plays better without the overdub mm. i only saw it subtitled okay i still didn't find most of the kids likable they weren't uh, super believable or super likable yeah yeah so, um, yeah, all complaints aside, uh, they, they do give you some, some good tension and some good suspense and some gore. Some of the things you want from a slasher. And uh, you don't feel like anybody could escape very far before freezing to death. Mm-hmm. So, uh, that being said, uh, it's, a, it's a recommend and it's not hard to find. Yeah. So, Cold Prey, 2006. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, we we had talked about watching Lords of Salem. Will and I were talking about this. Uh, Lords of Salem is is on Shutter right now. I don't know where else it's available, but uh, I don't remember. This Lord is the Rob Zombie movie. Oh Jesus! No, yeah. I've not seen it, and I, I don't know where to. See I could it. I could cut that part out. <laughs> I was gonna say that would be so funny to just like let's for no reason let's watch a Rob Zombie movie that uh, the rubber monster turns up uh, two minutes into the movie and walks around with you the whole movie. Oh man, really? No, let's not do Did that. Did you one. watch it? Uh, no, I. I I started to, and then that's right. We did talk. Okay, I remember. Yeah. There was a scene where a girl was throwing trash away. Right, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it was really awesome. But so, then the rubber monster showed up <laughs> and explained the whole thing, <laughs> and then just walked around yeah. the rest of the movie, being followed by a friendly dog. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> a snarling yet friendly dog. Look at that dog. You just so described. Happy. You described the perfect movie. Yeah. Uh, did we have anything in mind for next time? Shape of water. Shape of water. We should try to. I think we need to go see this. Yeah, it's it's playing here in Denver, uh, a little ahead of its official release, and if we can see it, we should see it and talk about it next time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, that being said, uh, are you guys feeling pretty wintry? 
Yeah, it's, it's been nice and cold. Yeah, last couple of days. Yeah, I mean, then it's gonna be, be six, warmer. It's gonna tomorrow. be sixty tomorrow. But it's Denver. Yeah, and, you know, it's you're... hell on earth. Don't move here. <laughs> it's been forty below for the last three weeks. Yeah, the Yeti are out in force. People are eating each other now. It's People are desperate. eating each other. It is awful out there. It's just awful. The snow weasels come out at night <laughs> with their screech. God. Oh man, and they'll rip your flesh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, tell us, tell us, uh, tell the listeners what it is you do on Christmas Day. What your, your what do I do on Christmas <laughs> Day? Your, your ritual. I don't know what do I do on Christmas Day. Didn't you go out to Chinese food and then then watch a movie? We used to go do that. (laughs) Now everyone else does that. Now everybody else does that, and it's terrible to go to the movies on Christmas. Also, everything's just been terrible at Christmas. There's been nothing the last couple years I've wanted to see. And is there a dining option that everyone else isn't going to go do? Uh, I usually go to Indian food, but now I've been making beef wellingtons, so... Oh, that's like your new tradition. Yeah. So just. I mean, new tradition. Yeah. Staying at it's home. It's a new classic. Yeah. Well, that sounds all right. <laughs> I'm going to make my trifle. Oh, nice. Rum trifle. Rum trifle. It's awesome. There's so much booze in it, you, you can't tell if it's bad or not. Mm. Oh, that's the perfect dish. Yes, a co worker, the hardware store, brews his own whiskey. And I'm trying to get him to do some rum it, over Christmas. Is it like Joey House whiskey? Uh, I don't know. Is he it, made is it brewed in a sack. Yeah, it's brewed in a sack. It's brewed in. I don't know. He has a still. He set up a still. He says he he looked up Colorado law and you can be fined, but you can't be arrested and imprisoned for, for brewing distilling. Brew, distilling. <laughs> yeah, he started out brewing. Now he's distilling. Well, it's the natural but, uh, progression. I was trying to convince him to do some rum because it's just, yeah, it's easier than a whiskey. So it's like Breaking Bad except whiskey. Yeah. yeah. It gets you through all the uh, the months of ice and snow and cannibalism. Yeah, exactly. For sure. And the Yeti attacks. Mm-hmm. Weasels. And the weasels. The yeah. snow weasels. Yeah. Oh, I can hear their screeching now. And the flesh ripping. The way they sing to you at night and try to get you to come out. Yeah. To eat your flesh. Yeah. That's awful here in Denver. It makes a coyote seem like a... like a. Oh, And the weed's no good either. You pray the, coy- <laughs> pray the coyotes get you first. Yeah. You? Yeah. You cold pray that the coyotes <laughs> get you first. Well, I think we it's covered... about it. Christian snowboarders who go to an ice church. <laughs> uh, yeah. Totally. There's an idea for you screenwriters out there. Yeah. Get on it. This whole show's nothing but good idea. Well, you know what? This whole show show's nothing but ideas. <laughs> Pretty much. It's the idea of a good show. <laughs> yeah, I, th- I think we should write a horror film. We probably do pretty well. <laughs> well, you work in a bookstore, Will. Why don't uh, Why don't you find a book on screenwriting and maybe we'll just write some of this stuff down in <laughs> three acts. Three, yeah. three you could have, acts. Could have weasels, happy dogs, yetis. Yeah, uh, usually introduce a, a birthmark or a weapon in the first <laughs> uh-huh. scene. Yeah, and lots of exposition. 
to yeah. lead people through it. Maybe some diagrams. Yeah, you slow know. the whole da- thing down and put a PowerPoint in the middle to explain <laughs> yeah. what has happened and will happen. Well, you don't need a crazy harbinger of doom to give you all the exposition. He could just be the harbinger of doom. He doesn't have to be Joe Exposition, right? Mm-hmm. Can he, he be, be both? He can be both, but it's better if he's just one uh, or I the other. Know. That's my preference anyway. Um, well, should we call it a show? Let's call it a show. <laughs> that was a show. That was, all a, right. that was a movie of a show. Yeah, so put on your snowshoes and get out there and uh, stay off the moors.